in Matthew chapter 1, starting, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 2. We just got out of chapter 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, that means wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now there are people that treat these magi as exceptionally mysterious individuals and there's really no need to do that. Let's think about this for a bit. What is east of Palestine? What areas would be east of Palestine? I know it's hard for you to talk because they're still not moving around and there's only one way for them to get out now. Assyria would be over there. Babylon. So you have Assyria and you have Babylon. How would people over there know about the prophecies of the birth of Jesus? The Jews. Jews had been captives in both areas. In Babylon, they were actually allowed to return, and most did not. It is thought, um, and the, the way they get these numbers is fascinating, but I'm not sure how we can nail them down. They say that um, less than a third of the Jews in captivity, when offered to go back, went back. There's a good reason for that. You've been over there for 70 years, you're on your third generation in that time and period in particular, of people born and raised right there. That's home. That's home. So they, they don't have any connections over there. What would be left over there for them? They don't, they don't see a reason to go back. So a lot of Jews are still there. In uh, Assyria, they didn't do a whole lot of that returning stuff, did they? They just took them. Ten of the tribes disappear. But their scriptures didn't. Their songs didn't, and their stories didn't. Magi was, is a generic term, although it became an official term in some, um, in some areas for some periods of time. Wise men. Do you remember Daniel and the first couple of chapters when the king starts having dreams? He brings in the wise men. He brings in this crew to help him say, all right, what's going on? What does all this mean? Who are the wise men? Today, we would call them scientists and philosophers. This was not a backward area. Babylon uh, and Assyria were not backward areas. The, the fact that you know numerals, like one, two, three, four, that comes from them. In fact, they're called Arabic numerals. Have you ever heard that? Because that's where we get them. A lot of the shapes of our letters come from there. Now, we don't, nothing that looks Arabic looks like our stuff. This is before all of that. The, um, a lot of our, and well, in fact, algebra came from there. There's a real good argument to be made that trigonometry came from there. Perhaps even calculus. We also, uh, some of our understanding of the human body and medicine came there. But they were fascinated by the sky. And they weren't sure, there were arguments about how many gods were out there and how the stars directed. But they understood something which 
a lot of people didn't understand in the old days, and that is stars move. It was always thought about that stars, well, I said always, that was really bad. Often, in many of these eras, they believed stars stayed, and as our sun and everything moved around us, then they, it looked like they changed. But actually, the Arabs, as a rule, knew that the earth moved around the sun long before that was taken up in, in, the, um, in the West. But they also had figured out things such as um, that the earth was round. And by the way, that whole thing about when Columbus, he was trying to prove the earth was round, everybody knew it was round. Everybody at that time. It's just a myth that they tell you in school. Uh, moving on. The Arabs studied and thought. Have you seen their pyramids, the step pyramids called the ziggurats, right? Those were platforms for the study of stars and the cosmos. Last week, Cammie and I had the, the blessing of going to the Skirmerhorn, the National Symphony, and uh, it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be because I thought it was going to be two hours of this, but they played music for a while, then did a and, and intermission, and then they did uh, this big screen with an HD thing of the cosmos while they played a symphony. No commentary. And one of the things, and I was hoping they would do more of this, but they start by looking at Earth. Um, this is near the end of it, actually. They're looking at Earth, and then they start pulling back. And then you start seeing the other planets moving by. You know, Jupiter, Neptune, that massive giant that's so mysterious, uh, Pluto that got demoted, um, and then you see that it keeps pulling back, pulling back, pulling, until you see our solar system, and then you see our galaxy, and then you see that that galaxy is a pinprick in billions of galaxies. And you're just going, wow. That all study really got started by these magi in Babylon getting up there trying to figure out what it meant. Our, even our own astronomy has changed radically in my lifetime. Um, when I was even entering university, astronomy was about what was out there. Now astronomy is almost 100% how did it get there? And so it's lost some of its luster to me. It's about the you know, multiverses and big bangs and such. I just wanna know what's there. I wanna see it. These magi would have had that knowledge and the Jews and the scriptures. And they knew there would be a star over Bethlehem. Now don't go in the weeds here and decide that you've got to identify the star as, a, as, as three comets that came together. I've heard that one as um, a um, supernova experience that burned... You know, we don't have to understand this. What we need to know is that they were looking for it because the Jews had spoken. There are mysteries in this universe that I don't think we're going to figure out. When the first Christians that we know of got to the Scots, and that time they weren't even the Scots, so let me just back out of that. I don't want to make this too complicated. When they got to what we now call Scotland, and they met the Pecks there, and they told the story of Jesus. What surprised them, according to their own writings, was how many of the, the Druids, the priests of their day, started rejoicing. And when they asked, why, did you, why, why are you rejoicing? They said, we have been waiting for him. 
How did they know? This is not uncommon, is it, Dr. Lemons? Around the world, you find that somehow something got there. Remember Jesus said that very enigmatic, my father has sheep and other pastures. And that's, I've always tried to stay humble about this. God's not just working with us. He's got some things going on. Well, these magi then appear and they don't know that Herod is what Herod is like. I'm not going to tell you a bunch of Herod stories. Google that. He was awful. Murderous. He would and did kill members of his own family just because one day they might become a threat to him. Not that they were, but it was possible. And he was just one of the worst that you could get out there. He's called Herod the Great because of his, his um, building program. But that's the only way he was great. Um, so they come and they say, where's the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw a star. When Herod heard this, he was disturbed. I would go on record as thinking that guy was disturbed from birth. And all Jerusalem with him. Now why that? The Pax Romana. The peace of Rome. Which wasn't peace as you and I would understand it. As the great Celtic warrior said when he saw what Rome had done, he said they make a desert and they call it peace. If Rome hears that there's someone claiming to be king of the Jews that they don't know about and they've not recognized, they're coming in with their swords. Herod will lose his position because he didn't stop it. And the whole city will be placed on lockdown. And this has happened before. Remember Jesus mentions, and others mentioned that there were messiahs in the wilderness saying, I am he, and Jesus says, don't buy that. There's somebody named Thutis that we don't know much about at all. Um, there, there have been many people all through history claiming that they are the Messiah. Ron L. Hub, L. Ron Hubbard would be one of the Scientologists. If you have not been following Lee Remini's uh, A&E series called uh, see, Scientology, The Aftermath, you need to. Go start with the first episode. They're in the third series now. It is it's something you need to see. But there were other ones like Joseph Smith. I'd have to put him in there. He didn't claim he was Christ, but he got pretty close. Um, people such as, um, well, we can, you know, the David Koresh's and the Jim Jones of the world. We can talk about that. But um, there, was, there was another guy who was going to head that direction. Oh, Sun Young Moon. That's not, you know, that whole Mooney thing, Unification Church, hasn't been heard of much. But they own a Washington newspaper, not the Post, the other one. Uh, and so, again... A lot of people have claimed they're Christ. So here, Herod is upset. So he called all the, peop the, all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, his own magi, basically, and asked them, where is the Messiah to be born? They said, in Bethlehem and Judea. They replied, for this is what the prophet has said. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now, I like to take that literally at the end, who will shepherd my people, those who wrestle with God, because that's what the word Israel means, those who wrestle with God. And what, there's a hand up here. Yes. Uh, 
talking about the Herod's relationship with the Romans and such. Is that not how Pilate ended up losing his position with the, he went and killed the Samaritans after uh, yes, the um, the Romans kept a tight leader, uh, type ring on any leader of the Jews. Pilate would later lose his position because he moved without permission. So you're a leader in name only, really. But yet, you know, there's a lot of perks for it, but there it is. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the stars appeared. He did his math. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Of course, that's not what's going on. So after they heard the king, this is a politician who lies. I know it's shocking. Try to get your head around this. After they heard the king, they went on their way and a star they had seen when it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Now there are people then they'll say, well, see, it was a moving star. There are so many ways to interpret this. Please don't lose the thread of the story. Remember the point of the story is the point of the story. Don't. Don't get it, you know, I, I'm, one of my five favorite grandkids is Finn. And Finn will stop you with questions. You know, about, now they went to this house. Um, what, where was the house? That's not the point. But where was it? Philadelphia. Okay, I move on. Um, where's Philadelphia? Why do they call it that? Uh, and, I, and that's what I love about him, actually. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother. House. This is after the birth. This is, um, it is thought to be anywhere from one to three years after the birth. Uh, who knows? But this was later. It wasn't, uh, and, and I'm not upset whenever people sing about the we three kings of Orient are when they weren't kings and weren't just three of them. They would have come in a massive group because you don't carry riches across that desert without guards and a lot of eyes open. It would have been a caravan. Why do people always assume there were three? Three gifts. But see, they all went together. <laughs> this is from all of us. <laughs> uh, the staff does that because we like to make sure we have a present for every shower but there are a lot of showers. I blame that time I spent a couple Sundays on Song of Solomon. So it's just, it would, it would bankrupt us. So instead, uh, on second thought, shouldn't have had the PowerPoint. They, um, they, uh, instead, what we do is we all go together uh, on a gift. And I think that all makes sense. Everybody understands. So anyway, they were overjoyed. Coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And no, I don't know why Joseph wasn't there. It could have been he was at work or on a trip to do his work. Because he's not out of the picture yet. He's still in the picture. We'll find later. Then they opened their treasures and presented them with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I've had so many questions about frankincense and myrrh. These were exceptionally priceless back in the day. Even 1,500 years later, when Columbus sails, he is not sailing to do a scientific thing. He's not sailing to discover new lands. The whole point was, I can get to where the spices are faster if I go west. He thought he could just go around to India and not have to go around Africa and all of that 
which is very dangerous because of the storms down there. He said, I can, I can get to India faster. He thought the planet was a lot smaller than it actually is. He, and he should have talked to the Arabs because they measured it accurately. Anyway, by the way, I, I've read uh, the book called The Discoverers. It's as thick as that authorship of the book. Of De- Fascinating how they figured that out. If you don't want to read that, if you would like to read something full of information and amazing stories written by somebody that'll make you laugh out loud, go buy Bill Bryson's A Short History of Nearly Everything. It is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I even got it on audio. I have it printed, but every so often I'll just start listening to, to bits on, as I'm driving, amazing. Anyway, they figured all this out. Herod knows all usurpers have to die, even if they're own, his own babies and the babies of his friends. Here, God is providing movable assets to them. Now think what would have happened if God had provided for them a great house with servants and land. They would have died. What if he had provided for Joseph a job that will move them up? They would have died. He gave them things. What if he gave them shekels that were useful in Palestine? They would have died. You have to have movable assets. If the world ever goes dark, you know, all these movies and such, if ever goes dark and we lose all of our electricity, I'm going to submit to you that gold's not going to be that valuable because you can't eat it. I'm going to think that bullets and food will probably be number one tradable commodities at that time, right? And by the way, no, I'm not storing up those either. I've always thought about that because people say, we're storing up food in case, really, seriously? You're going to lock yourself down while your neighbors are starving and crying and pounding on your door? No, no. We're Christians. Open it up, let them eat your stuff, and then we all die together, right? um, Anyway, and and to me, that's not a downer. We're going to go anyway. The, um, and think of all the money you're saving by not buying more food. Moving on. Moving on. Um, this is stuff that works in Egypt. This is stuff which is worth anywhere they go. This is portable funds. Cool. I will not name the church. There was a church, go back several churches, that gave us gift cards as, we, as a thank you as we were leaving to go to a new work. We looked at, and the gift, it was a very generous thing. When we looked at the gift cards, there were a couple of the cards that were only good in that state. So we had to use those quick. These are gift cards that work everywhere. All right? This is God providing. And they were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, so they returned to their country by another route, route, whatever you want to call it. That would have been a tricky thing to do because it would have been a group of them. That's a whole story that I'd like to see a movie about because I guarantee it was worth a movie. I would assume they actually had to split into several sections and go different places and rendezvous around different areas to get away from Herod and his spies. As far as we know, it was successful. Before I go on to the, the run to Egypt, did you want to say anything? I saw you got, a, you got your microphone this week. Good. Well, there's an interesting statement, yes. In some way that we do not know, they had presumed that there was a king being born. And when they came into Jerusalem and things were just as they were, everything going on, they couldn't get over it. They didn't know what was happening. There should have been parades like when a, when a baby is born to a, 
a queen or a king of England or something. And so when they asked about this, the rabbi, they said, then, then where is to be born? And when the rabbis quote Micah, and I want to share with you, Micah, of Reform, which is a liberal Jew rabbi, gave me some insight on that verse that I, it's just amazing. Verse 5 of Micah said, But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come the one who will be ruler over all Israel. And here's the interesting point. Whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. That rabbi said, whoever this is had come back and forth many times mm-hmm. to the earth. Yes. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, absolutely. And so, the, but here's the thing that startles me. If the rabbi in Jerusalem knew this and that a king had been born, why did they not outrun everybody to Bethlehem to find him? The same reason we don't. Exactly. <clears throat> There's a, you may want to write this down if you want to Google it later. It's very short. A little poem called When Jesus Came to Birmingham. Now, it's not about Birmingham, Alabama. It's Birmingham, England. And we call it Birmingham. Birmingham, England. And I wish I could quote it to you. I really can't. But it, it says, basically, when he came, we didn't ridicule him. We didn't laugh at him. We didn't crucify him. We just passed him by. We didn't notice him. Um, whenever my kids were learning to drive, I, I did something with them that uh, I had learned early. And I said, I said, I'm, I want your eyes on the road, on the road, and I'm going to ask you a question. Do not move your eyes from the road. And they got it. Is there a car following you? Not like stalking. No, is there a car behind you? What is it like? Describe it. And they, you know, say it. And a lot of car instructors do this. You know, they tell me what it was. And I give it, great. 10, 15 minutes down the road, I would just say, eyes on the road. Is it still behind you? If not, when did it turn? The whole concept there was not paranoia, but situational awareness. Where are things? Where are you? What's going on? What is appropriate behavior? What is not? It all depends on who's around you and knowing your situation. My wife is a very gracious woman, and she, she understands that there are times that I am very still, and my eyes are going everywhere. And if I'm walking, if we walk to the car, I know what the cars are around. I know what the elevations are. I know what situation, I make sure... Any path we take is not where a person could be hiding, crouched down by a car. Because I've lived in enough, and I've learned not to live in condition white. There's white, yellow, and red. People, the vast majority of the world lives in condition white, which means they are completely unaware of what's around them. They, when I see people running or walking their dog and they've got earbuds in, those people are victims. It just hasn't happened yet. Because anybody can come. They are locked away. They cannot hear. They are not thinking. Or if they're walking around like this. I use my phone a lot. I'm, I'm a heavy user. But I know I'm always around. You can ask me who's behind you. Who's around. I will tell you. Situational awareness. We, um, we need to look up and see Jesus. What is God doing? Join it. What does God need? Do it. One handful at a time. One handful at a time. Don't look for the big thing. 
That's our problem. We're always looking for the big thing. That's not the only problem we have. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. See, he's still there. Get up. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Going from Palestine to Egypt back there would be like going from Tennessee to Ohio. Now, I'm not talking about distance. All of the U.S. is under the same federal government, but they have local governors. Now you have Governor Bill Lee here. And if you were to say, I don't like Governor Bill Lee, and I don't know who the governor of Ohio is now. Is it still John Kasich? Is he still there? I don't. Let's say it is. If you say that, you know, Bill Lee is just, he's going to go, I can't say, I'm going to go up there and be under that one. It was, and, and I say this because people try to make this into something different. They try to use it different. My heart's with the refugees. We work with refugees through faith and culture here in Nashville. It's a big part of my prayer life and Josh Graves' prayer life that uh, got me hooked up with the right people to do this. But you're not a refugee when you go from Palestine over here. And I've had people bring up dictionaries and say, look, people have to flee because of politics. You're still conflating national with local. They can take all of their goods and go to Egypt, and there's a huge community of Jews in Egypt. Huge. Been there for hundreds of years. They're going just to another place under the same emperor, but away from the local, instead of governors, let's do it this way. America's have had some history with this, and it's in a lot of movies and books. What if you're in a county? What if in Williamson County, we had a dirty sheriff who beat up black people, robbed white people. I, it, that's happened in America. Come on, we, we all know this. The only way to escape them is to get out of the county. That's more what this was. Get out of the county. So again, not refugees in the strictest sense. They would have gone over, and guess who little baby Jesus would have gotten to play with? People in John Mark's family. Because John Mark and his family came from North Africa. There's also a huge military presence on Elephantine, which is an island, a Jewish military presence. They were mercenaries of some sort. They built a temple there. And so you had all of these resources. So let's not make this more than it was, and instead realize this is not in the Bible to show us that Jesus was poor and had to go on the run. It's in the Bible to show us God's provision every step of the way. Plus, the Bible said he'd come out of Egypt, doesn't it? And yeah, there he went. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night. They left for Egypt because a bad sheriff's coming. We, and we've seen this movie. And, and it does happen. I like podcasts. And some of the podcasts I do are unsolved crimes. And some crimes were unsolved because of bad sheriffs. So this is kind of new in my head right now. Um, by the way, I... Sheriff Long, I think, has been a good friend to our church and our community, and I'm, I pray the best for him working in, in his new position. And the people I know at our local sheriffs are, are, are solid. And if they aren't, come tell me. I'll go talk to them. Because as we say down here, I ain't scared. See, I learned that. Anyway, <clears throat> they stayed until the death of Herod, and so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son, Jeremiah. 
as the prophet. Now, real pop quiz, why didn't he say where he said in Jeremiah 31, 15? Seriously, people. Why, why didn't he say in here, as they said in Jeremiah 31, why didn't he say just the, why did he say just the prophet? Didn't have chapters and verses. So you just had to absorb the wisdom of the prophets and be able to quote it. Oh, hands up over here. By the way, that's way too casual. You just kind of... It has to, it's like, garçon. Anyway, <laughs> yes. Um, when it's talking about, I think it's, not to correct you, but I think it is Hosea 11. When he's talking, it's... Is it Hosea? Hang on. Yeah, it is, it is. Hang on. Uh, Jeremiah is next. In a quote. No, go ahead. All right, that's, 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 an, that's an interesting point. And so let me, and, and Albert, I'm going to let you deal with some of this. We only have um, about six minutes left. He was saying this prophecy seems to be referring to something back then, but also here. Prophecies often have double application, do they not? Absolutely. Take yes, it from yes. there. Well, for instance, when in Luke 4, Jesus is at the synagogue on a Saturday, and the minister of the synagogue hands him a scroll, and he begins to quote from Isaiah 61, 1 to 4. And that's just an illustration of so many. And then he says, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And that's just a classic illustration, of course, going back to Jeremiah, as well as Hosea and others. Out of Egypt, I've called my son about three times, I think, in the Bible, God said that and referring to different things. And it's a great sermon moving people out of the world into his, into his favor, but anyway. There are, um, for example, when the Bible starts talking about a condemnation on the king of Tyre, somewhere in there, the, situa- the, the focus shifts. And there are those that say God was just being sarcastic here. But it seems to be talking about the power behind the king of Amen. time. Amen, that's right. And yes. so that's a double. Yes. And so yes, uh, prophecy weaves in and on itself. That's not a surprise when you realize Semitic languages do that. That's why God's name, I am that I am, is actually far bigger and more complicated than that. Because it means I am who I was, I was who I will be. I, it just keeps, it's a weaving um, I was taught, I am the one who always is. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, yes. It, that's, it, trying to translate some of these things in English just doesn't work. We don't have the verb forms for it. Anyway, um, Herod realized he'd been outwitted by the Magi. He was furious. He gave orders to kill the Magi. No, he didn't. Why? They're out of the county. His power stops right here. Are they still under the emperor? At this time, yes, they are but they're not under him. So he can't go there. So Bethlehem's in his county and its vicinity who are two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Now, a while ago I said between one and three years. Here's his two, why the difference? The Jews um, refer to age in a different way than we do. I just had my 62nd birthday a month ago. So I'm 62. To the Jews, I'm 63 because I'm in my 63rd year. That's how they do it. 
And so when Jesus was baptized at 12, we would have called him 11. See that? All right. So don't, just be aware, that's how we get these numbers. If you, it's one thing to know the language, but you have to know the culture that gave birth to the language to understand. Uh, that's, and I, that's why I've always wanted to learn Chinese until about 10 years ago. And I said, nope. Because by this time, I'll never be able to understand why they will look at a, I don't know, I'm, I'm making this completely up, a radio and name it Happy Singing Flower Monkey. And I'm going, seriously? Well, to them, that all makes sense because of the culture from which it comes, right? But then they're saying the same thing about us, seriously? Um, Oh, two, two, two years, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're, you're, really, really? May I serve you? Are you out of water? I, here's water, what doth hinder you? Well, speaking of which, um, so that really kind of messes with the whole 12 years old, age of accountability, all that oh, yeah. doctrine. Yeah, the, the idea that 12 years old is the age of accountability is a complete Western construct forced upon the scripture. Has nothing to do. When I was a boy, they always told you you couldn't be baptized till you're 12. But if you waited till you're 13, everybody was scandalized. So, sigh. Um, Now, this is what was said through the prophet Jeremiah. There, I got the right one. Was fulfilled, a voice is heard in Ramah, or Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Uh, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. There's even a Christmas carol about this called Lule Lule, or otherwise known as the Coventry Carol. It was written back in the 1500s. It's one of the oldest English carols we have, and it was sung in part two of a three-part play about the killing of the children in Bethlehem. And there are, this became um, a focus of art in the Renaissance as well. There are many pieces by the great masters about this. Historians cannot find a record of this, Do not let that worry you. I'm going to guess 99% of the murders committed by government on their own citizens have not been documented in history. And that's just the way it is. And how many people, uh, do you know about the murders of people in uh, what we used to call Borneo? Probably not. They happened recently. And Christians are being killed in greater numbers in Syria. I mean, we're almost... We've, and Egypt, we've almost lost the oldest Christian groups. And in Iraq, Iraq, uh, yes. particular, northern Iraq, yes. We, that country was so destabilized that the Christians had to flee or die. It's just... Was this Herod the same one that died in Acts 12 so horribly? I believe so. I think so, too. I believe so. Yes. Um, <clears throat> there, there's some argument, but to give you some framework, historians say that if it happened, we're probably talking three to five children because Bethlehem was that small and that was that narrow. I don't say that to say, well, pff, then don't worry. The, the idea of a mass slaughter that would make history, no. It would have made history had it been in Babylon because they wrote everything down. And we have a lot of it. But the Jews didn't do that. Uh, so... Once again, time is out. We got to quit for the D.